Your stories don't define you. How you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my clients reach out to me because they're in transition. Their children are hitting milestone ages. They want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday. And they want to develop clarity about their natural strengths, what their next adventure might look like. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and may unveil insights into dissatisfaction and also where their strengths lie and where they found and continue to find joy. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering the internal messages that are limiting their success and discovering how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, visit elkinsconsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. Choosing to use your talents in 2022. A few years ago, while I was attending a January board retreat for a women's organization, the conversation over dinner turned to New Year's resolutions and how few of us made them And none of us really liked the idea of them. One woman explained that she felt they were a setup for failure and disappointment, especially because they so rarely reflect the realities of life, the uncertainty. She said, instead of a New Year's resolution, I like to think of a word to reflect on, to focus on for the year, a word that's meaningful enough that it helps me prioritize my activities. We all agreed that was a brilliant idea. And over the next hour, we each came up with our own word for the year. One woman's word was healing, referring to the traumatic previous year she experienced with the death of a parent, a frightening diagnosis, and thankfully successful treatment, and a few other major challenges she had faced. Another woman said, sparkle. She explained that as she entered her 40s, she realized she was holding back her voice for years. She divorced a man who, though kind, couldn't understand her ambition for personal and professional growth and questioned her every time she ventured out of her comfortable routine and life. Sparkle. My word that year? Focus. Okay, those of you who know me may have just laughed out loud, and if you were drinking something, it may have come out of your nose, but yes, that was the word I chose, and I chose it again the following year because that first year I failed so miserably at prioritizing that word, but that first year of focus, it started out okay. I returned home from the retreat, inspired, motivated spent a lot of my mind space considering how I could incorporate that word into my daily life. I wrote the word down on at least five sticky notes and posted them around my home in my office. Even my screensaver at work had the word bouncing around in a variety of fonts. I had an entry in my calendar every day from 9 a.m. to 9.15 a.m. that said, focus. And when I sat at my desk at work and started a project or my daily tasks, I'd last about eight minutes, get up for coffee, maybe go to the bathroom, visit with a colleague. It's easy to find distractions, right? And then I'd sit back down and see my big sticky notes with focus on the monitor. And I'd kick myself the rest of the day for failing. That lasted until around mid-March 
when I completely melted down in frustration and yanked all of those focus notes from my office and home, changed the screensaver, and berated myself for failing. I did leave the item on my calendar, a tiny ray of hope that some days I might actually succeed in focusing. That was until April, around the time of my birthday, when I finally just removed it to face my reality. It was already a challenging year with things at work and at home, not a year that was conducive to that particular goal. I'd try again next year. Looking back, I can laugh at myself because I know so much more about myself now. But at the time, it made sense to me. After all, I was ambitious. I knew I generally had solid self-control. Otherwise, I'd stop for McDonald's French fries every time I passed that restaurant. But I don't. And I knew learning to focus was important. So I tried again the following year. And within three weeks, all evidence of the word were wiped from my work area, home, and my car. A few weeks after giving up and feeling horrible about myself, I took the Gallup StrengthsFinder assessment. I looked at the full list of 34 and went straight to the bottom. Bingo, I saw it. Focus was at the bottom of the list, number 28. From the Gallup website. People exceptionally talented in the focus theme can take a direction, follow through, and make the corrections necessary to stay on track. They prioritize and then act. I can tell you my clients with focus in their top talents must feed that. They must sit in one spot and focus on a project that is meaningful to them for a few hours at a time. And when someone interrupts them, they're startled. That's what focus looks like. And these descriptions feel like the antithesis to how my brain works. Reading the description on Gallup gave me the comfort I needed to let go of my frustration with myself. It wasn't in my DNA. But I didn't stop there. I wondered, how can I move focus higher on my list? (laughs) Now, as a certified coach with this tool, I laugh out loud thinking about this question. I've had clients ask me about a talent at the bottom of their list and how they can move it up. And my answer now is, well, you can. You can push yourself to use that talent, even though it's counter to every cell in your body. You can make yourself do this the way someone else with that talent uses it, but it'll suck your soul out of your body. Sure, you can force yourself to go there and learn it but it'll drain you and you're highly unlikely to be inspired while doing it. Then with my clients, we look at their top talents and come up with strategies to use the most natural instinctive problem-solving tools they have to find a way to complete whatever task they're working on. I remind them that they'll get from point A to point B one way or another they may as well use their natural talents rather than trying to do it the way someone else would do it. I completed the StrengthsFinder certification program later that year, and it was an absolute game changer for me personally and professionally. I had been coaching for a few years, and this tool took my coaching to a whole new level. But I still couldn't focus. 
And when I started working on my book, I realized there were times where focus is necessary. So I tried again. I read the articles my well-meaning family and friends sent about how to write a book. I listened to podcast episodes with that theme. And every single resource pointed me toward using focus to approach finishing my book. Create a routine for your writing. Find a quiet space set up just for this purpose. Schedule blocks of two hours every single day. Write every single day. And yada, 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 the list goes on. Did I mention I have activator and adaptability in my top five talents? So even if you're unfamiliar with the specifics of what that means, the words make sense to you, right? Activator, adaptability. When I try to stick with a routine, I'm not feeding those talents. I'm sucking my soul out of my body. And worse, my writing wasn't inspired at all when I tried to do it this way. That's when the light bulb came on fully bright. If I was coaching someone with my talents to finish their book, what strategies would we work through? I reviewed my calendar for the next week, knowing that would be the key to my success. If it's in my calendar, it's more likely to happen. Using 15-minute increments, I scheduled blocks of writing time without any pattern. 15 minutes at 9 a.m. on Monday. Another 15 minutes at 4 p.m. the same day. Maybe 15 minutes at noon on Tuesday. I always blocked the full hour just in case I got into flow, which does happen even for people with adaptability in their top talents. They get inspired. They lose track of time when they're working on a particular project. It's just not something that I have to feed every day like somebody with focus in their top talents would need to feed it. So after struggling for months to complete the final 30% or so of my book, I was able to send my manuscript to the publisher within a few weeks of implementing this strategy, a strategy that fed my top talents. That's the thing about these personality assessments. Your results can be used as an excuse, as an explanation for why you can't do certain things, or you could use it as a label, or you can use this as a tool to motivate and inspire. Once you decide an assessment is accurate, you have two choices. You can use it as a tool for self-reflection to better understand how to use your natural talents and where you might be getting in your own way at work and in relationships. Or it can be used as an excuse to stay in your bubble of, this is my authentic self and I don't care what people think. There's no right answer. You just have to be okay with the consequences of that choice. So now when you think about it in this way, what assessments have you tried? Are there any you found to be especially relevant and effective in guiding you? Have you worked through any of them with a coach to get a better understanding of how you can use it productively? Because this year is going to be the year that you are going to focus on your natural talents and getting things done in a way that feels authentic to you.
Thank you for listening to the Your Stories Don't Define You podcast. In 2013, I was in a job that was a bad fit with a boss who was manipulative, controlling, and cruel. I thought I was hiding my frustration and sadness from my family and closest friends. And I should have known because most days when I'd get home from work, my husband would ask, is it a martini or scotch kind of night? That's when I did something that surprised me, something that was really hard and completely out of my comfort zone. I asked for help. You're not hiding your dissatisfaction either. It's time to stop pretending you're okay. If you're seeking clarity about your professional life and career, and you aren't sure what questions to ask, there are lots of resources available to you, and they don't have to be a huge financial investment. It will take time, and you'll have to ask yourself hard questions about your priorities, how you spend your time, and what success and satisfaction look like to you right now. You'll have to step out of your comfort zone and take small steps that can be challenging, but it's worth it. Remember, clarity isn't a one-time thing. You have to reassess your version of success and satisfaction throughout your life. If you're ready to start exploring your options, I can highly recommend my recently launched Discovering Clarity course, now available for just $149 until January 31st. Visit elkinsconsulting.com forward slash discovering hyphen clarity. My friend Trent said this to me a few years ago, hope is not a strategy. Instead of, I hope next year is better, say, next year will be better, and then take steps to make it better. In my work, I call it planting seeds. Every day that my motivation drops, I ask myself which seeds I can plant right this minute to improve my future. I make myself choose two seeds, one for future income and one for the health of an important relationship. It's really amazing how much can change by simply taking small steps. But nothing changes if you say, I hope 2022 is better than 2021, and then do nothing to make that happen. What seeds will you plant today? Are you ready to start your story portfolio so you have the right story ready to share when the opportunity presents itself? When you're ready to get started, my book, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, is available in all the regular places, and the audiobook version is available on Google Play and on my website, elkinsconsulting.com. As a special bonus for listeners, the audiobook includes two songs recorded by my band, Spare Change, in my living room in Montana. Also on my website is a free podcast interview checklist available to download to make sure you make the most out of your next podcast interview. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate the podcast and leave a review and let me know that you've done it so I can thank you properly. Thank you.